in and uniting with our church and ministry. For the Lord will add to this church daily. We believe we receive it. All bills and budgets paid above and beyond the needs of this ministry. There is no lack. For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, if you believe it, say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to church on this morning. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Before we get started, I want to admonish you once again on this coming uh, Saturday. This coming Saturday, beginning at 10 o'clock, we are going to have our first second bless God first singles uh, seminar at 11 but our second marriage seminar beginning at 10 our first singles seminar begins at 11 in the 11 o'clock hour with our our sister dear Dr. Shamika in Smith has a powerful word for our singles amen everyone is welcome to come and be involved in in that this can be your church home this can may not be your church home but I believe you'll get a powerful word and and we just want to encourage anyone that is in our earshot praise God to come on be involved with that we've had some uh, uh, interesting responses uh, this past week as we've uh, increased the uh, awareness of it on social media. So we thank God for that. The marriage conference or the marriage, I'm sorry, getting ahead of myself by several years. The marriage seminar <laughs> will be at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. We will be talking about things pertaining to marriage. I believe that there is something that, that needs to be deposited, particularly in the area of communication that we will discuss at 10 o'clock in this seminar amen so all of these are available for you come on be blessed by what god has for you here at the training center family church amen also for these two events we would ask that if you have the ability to come and help us set up we'll be doing so on friday afternoon promptly at six o'clock promptly at six o'clock setting up for that event to take place on Saturday morning. If you have the opportunity to come and avail yourself to help with that setup, we would greatly appreciate it. We're also additionally asking for those that plan to come and serve for that event to be available at nine o'clock. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nine o'clock on that Saturday morning. Nine o'clock as we prepare for what God will do in those sessions. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Kings once again. And then also turn, if you will, to Hebrews. Hebrews. 1 Kings. And then get your Bibles and let's turn to Hebrews chapter number 5. Hold your finger there if you're still having a finger to hold. Amen. Everybody's going to 1 Kings chapter number 3. Now, I'm starting here at 1 Kings chapter number 3 because... For the next couple of months, we're going to look at the monarchs. Amen. We're going to do a deep dive into the monarchs of Israel, uh, beginning with the reign of David in 2 Samuel. So for the month of February, we're going to read through the book of 2 Samuel, looking at David and the varying things that he went through in regards to his leadership as being in position in Israel. Amen. 
uh, 1 Samuel really deals with the reign of Saul and the transition from uh, Saul into David, really from Samuel to Saul to David. But 2 Samuel deals with the reign of David as king of Israel. And we're going to look at some of the things that he learned. We're going to extrapolate some of the leadership concepts, I believe, that are found within his life. And then we're going to make a transition as we begin in the month of March to look at first and then April 2nd Kings. Amen. As we exit examine the monarchs. And I believe it's important that we look at some of these things uh, in light of what we have going on in this nation. It's important that we understand what good godly leadership looks like as opposed to what it doesn't look like. Shout me down. We need to understand that in light of this powerful election that's coming up this year. Like I said, I believe that this is the year of discernment. And one of the ways that I believe that God has for us to have proper discernment is that we got to talk about this stuff at church. See what the Bible says about what good leadership looks like. We'll see what the Bible says about what bad leadership looks like. We're not ran by monarchs, praise the Lord. I need to remind folks that. We're ran by a different system. However, principles of leadership remain the same. Amen? All right. First Kings chapter number three. I'm done with that. <laughs> First Kings chapter number three says this. This is Solomon's prayer. He says, so give your servant a discerning heart out of the New International Version. Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people? And so we've been looking at this attribute or this ingredient of what it means to have a discerning heart. We've said as well that Proverbs 4 and verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, and all thy getting get understanding. But we've also indicated that word understanding means also discernment. With everything that you get, he says, get knowledge, get understanding, but it also means to get discernment. In fact, the New Living Translation says it this way, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, it says develop judgment. Develop, I'm sorry, good judgment. Develop good judgment. And so that's what we are looking at in this series in regards to discernment is how to develop good judgment. Amen. And we said uh, last week as we took a little bit of a supplement, we looked at this area as, as to this, this condition of the heart having a major impact on whether or not you have discerning or discernment or good judgment. The condition of your heart determines the perceptiveness of your heart or the discerning condition of your heart. Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And he does not indicate to us that God is the one that keeps your heart for you. He says, keep thy heart. You is the, is the missing ingredient. You got to keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. The Passion Translation says it this way. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Guard the affections of your heart. Because the condition of your heart will determine whether or not you have proper discernment. 
in this area of spiritual maturity. And we've said to you before that First Thessalonians chapter number 5 verse 23 says, And may the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've indicated to you that the components of the heart are the spirit and the soul of a man. The spirit and the soul of a man. In the Old Testament, largely, when God is saying about the heart, he's really talking about the soul of a man. His mind, his will, and his emotions. Because his, uh, his spirit is not alive unto God. But the day you get born again, the Holy Spirit now comes on the inside of you. He makes you alive unto God and your spirit is connected to Almighty God. So we understand that aspect. But still, this soulish man of you. Your mind, your will, and your emotion is still an area that has to be renewed, has to be addressed, has to be dealt with. It is still the area of your life where God begins looking at it and saying, all right, this is a good heart. This is not a good heart. This is a heart that's usable. This is a heart that is not usable. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 13 and verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It makes the heart sick. But when desire cometh, it is a tree of life. A sick heart is a, it is literally comes from a Hebrew word that means a weak heart. It means a heart that has become diseased. A diseased heart will not be able to discern properly. A dis-ease, it also means a grieved heart. A heart that is, has become sorry, wounded, or a tired heart. This condition of a sick heart will determine whether or not you can perceive in the environment that God has set you in. If you have a sick heart, then it knocks or it, it, it hampers your ability to really be used of God because your perception is off. Manifestation that you may see of a sick heart may be a heart of unforgiveness that exists in your life. God said drop the issue and you say I ain't going to. He said, let that go. You said, no, 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 God. Well, what will happen within your life, other things will not be flowing within your life because your perception will be halted or, 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 inhib or be inhibited because of the fact you have a heart that is not in the right, right position. Another condition might be an area of anger, that you're holding on to this area of anger and you've not let these other issues go. Sometimes this is where I, I got to get real with God and say, God, I'm mad now. I'm, I'm upset about this. You got to help me through this because I am upset, God. And when you have this transparency, God say, I'm glad that you finally decided to bring this before me. Now we can work this out. There's so many people that are angry in so many places within their life and they don't, they say, well, it's all right. It ain't bothering me. No, you are lying to a God that sees all. He knows you intimately. And until you get transparent with God, God can't heal you in that area. A sick heart. Another manifestation of a sick heart is a heart of unbelief. You don't believe nothing God said. Now we don't go around saying, well, Reverend, I don't believe that. But you do have that in your heart. That will stop the flow of the Holy Spirit within your life because of your heart of unbelief. Another manifestation of a heart or a sick heart is this heart of pride. A heart of pride or being self-absorbed. Proverbs 16, now I'm reading all these Proverbs scriptures because we all went through the month of January, right? Everybody saying, I know those Reverend, no, well, give me another one. <laughs> 
Proverbs 16 and verse 18 says, pride goes before the fall. And notice he says, a haughty spirit before, I'm sorry, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better, verse 19, it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly and then to divide the spoils with the proud. He says to have a humble spirit. Well, that's a condition of your heart, a humbled heart. Now, I said all of that to say the condition of your heart will determine your ability to perceive correctly. But let's turn back over, if you will, to our text found in Hebrews chapter number five for this area of our teaching. Hebrews chapter number five. You should have that by now. If you don't, just repent and just hurry up and get there. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter number five. Scripture says this out of the King James Version of the Bible. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Strong meat does not belong to immature Christians. Amen. He says it belongs to the full age. Which also indicates to us that you should not be a spiritual babe forever. God has an expectation over your life that you are to grow into adulthood. Let me say that one more time. God has an expectation within your life that you grow into spiritual adulthood. There are too many babies walking around the body of Christ. At some point in time, you got to grow up. And growth doesn't happen just automatically like it does in the natural. We're talking about spiritual growth. You know, growth doesn't happen automatically in the area of your soul. You got to develop. You got to think differently than you were thinking when you were five versus when you're 13 versus when you're 23 versus when you're 43, 53, or 73. It requires something of you. So it is with this area of growing up spiritually. You might be in the body of Christ for the last 30 years, but you don't know no scripture. You don't understand no scriptures, and God can't get you full meat within your life. Or, or watch this, strong meat, as the scripture literally says out of King James. He's showing you that it's time for you to grow up. Strong meat, he says, belongs to them that are of full age. Even, he says, and there's a reason why they're full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use have their senses exercised. The, uh, the voice translation, I'm sorry, the passion translation says that same scripture this way. But solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. Whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. You've got to ask yourself, do you perceive heavenly matters? Do you perceive heavenly matters within your house? Do you perceive heavenly matters at work? Do you perceive heavenly matters within your community? Or is it just about me? Me and mine, how to take care of my family, how to take care of myself and my needs. Well, you ain't ready for strong meat yet. And God says, I need y'all to grow up. He says it's for those who have their senses, uh, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matter. The passion goes on to say, and have had been or have and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. 
Then that corresponds with what those two words, good and evil, literally mean from the Greek. The word good there means also the word valuable. The word evil there also means the word worthless. So training your senses to discern, to perceive what is valuable and what is worthless is something that God does expect from us. You're just walking around here, you don't know the difference between a worthless activity and something that is of value. You don't know the difference between a worthless relationship and one that is of value. God wants us to understand these differences. But he tells us within this passage of scripture that there is a training that takes place to grow to this area of maturity. And so I ask God, how do I begin to exercise? How do I begin to exercise my senses so that I can train to become this spiritually mature person that's able to perceive the things of heaven? Tis able to perceive those things that are valuable as opposed to those things that are in fact worthless. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning and hopefully conclude this section. And then we're going to get on to the get down as to the meat of discernment next week. <laughs> Amen. It's taking me a couple weeks to get here, but we're going to get there. Praise God. How do I train my senses? How do I train my senses? The first thing we've indicated to you is praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Jude 20 says, but ye beloved, building up yourself in, uh, on your most holy faith, he says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So he indicates to us there is a different prayer. It, it is this praying in the spirit or praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, it lifts or raises you to a different level spiritually. As I said before, there was at one point in time uh, this area of controversy in regards to praying in the spirit. It is not as deep as it used to be. A lot of churches, including a lot of traditional churches, have embraced this area. We understand in the book of Acts, the Bible talks about how you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gifts of speaking in tongues. It indicates to us that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the gift of speaking in other tongues directly from the Holy Spirit. That he comes on you as he did with uh, a Cornelius house. We see that Peter was going into Cornelius' house. He begins to minister and the Holy Ghost falls on them and they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave, gives them utterance. We see another situation where Peter comes and he lays hands on people that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These are the areas or the ways that we receive our spiritual language. Or you could just simply ask God for your spiritual language and receive it by faith. And then next thing you know, you're praying with the spiritual language that God has given you. I've said before and I'll say again, spiritual, this spiritual language of speaking in tongues is not a barometer of this area of maturity. Because I used to think that growing up. Oh, I grew up in the Baptist church and somebody every now and then came in there and they prayed in tongues. I said, oh, they must be really spiritually mature. As I spend time with God getting in his word, I begin to discover, yeah, necessarily. Because <laughs> sometimes I watch people, you know, they pray in the spirit and then they go at carnal and on the outside. And I say, Lord, what's going on? There's something wrong here. And I begin to see it's a gift that God gives those that will receive it. It does not mean it is something that's earned. It's not something that happens because of an area of spiritual maturity. 
You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the ability to pray in the Spirit because you received it, not because you earned it. It is something that some believers will receive. It is some that other believers won't receive because they've been traditionally or religiously trained. It is not a barometer as to whether or not you're going to make heaven or hell. It is, as I said before, it is where God has given you two guns. And you say, I only want the one God. God says, all right, do the best you can what you got. Other of us, some of us say, Lord, don't no, give me everything you got. And I take the other gun. So that when I don't know what I'm praying about, God says, all right, pray in the spirit. And everything is covered because I'm praying in my most holy faith. If you understand that, say amen. amen. What does this produce within our life? When I pray in the spirit, it produces a spiritual tuning. It produces a spiritual tuning. Tuning like an instrument that is producing the correct sound. When I was in the band, this is something that we had to do. You know, when we had brass instruments, when I played the trumpet, when I played the tuba, uh, we had to tune our instruments. Now, all of the instruments within the room would blow a sound. But it might not be the correct sound until you went in and made some tweaks. And then so as we begin making the tweaks, the C that you were trying to play is more accurate than it was previously. When you pray in the spirit, what happens is God allows for you to tune your spirit to what heaven is actually saying. What happens also, another way of looking at this word tuning is, because we don't about do this anymore. In an old car or an old radio, you used to be able to hear the signal a little bit and you had a knob and you turned that sucker just a little bit this way. Or you had to turn it a little bit that way. It wasn't that they needed to change the frequency from the radio station. No, you had to change your receiver so that you could hear it properly. When you pray in the spirit, that's what's going on. You're tuning your spirit so that you can hear the frequency that's already being sent out from holy, the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? You make the slightest changes so that it works as well as possible. That's what you get when you pray in tongues. Second area. And don't slow me down now. We got to go now. <laughs> Second area we talked about is this area of fasted prayer. Mark chapter number 9 verse 29 says, And he said unto them, to them, This kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Indicating to us that there is a different kind of prayer other than you just praying. Fasted prayer. Fasted prayer. Just like we talked about this other type of prayer called praying in the spirit. So fasted prayer is another type of prayer. How many of y'all know every prayer ain't the same? Amen. Every prayer is not the same. Well, I'm going to go pray. Well, well how are you praying? Are we praying in agreement? Are we fasting and praying? Are we praying in the spirit? What are we doing? And for a lot of Christians, well, we just praying. Yeah, and that's why you're getting what you're getting. Just a little bit of everything. We, gotta have, we have to have some knowledge of the fact every prayer is not the same. He says this kind, there's a certain thing that happens when you have a fasted prayer. A fasted prayer. Well, what does fasted prayer produce? It produces spiritual awareness. It produces spiritual awareness. The word aware literally means knowing that something exists. 
In the scenario that we see within Mark chapter 9, this was the issue that the disciples were having. They were looking at the boy not responding correctly. Jesus did the exact same thing the disciples did but got a different result because he has spiritual awareness. Fasted prayer is what gives you spiritual awareness. The word aware also means having knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. It is what happens when you are, you've been tuning your spirit, but you sacrifice feeding your flesh so that your spiritual acuity is growing. Spiritual awareness. Number three, how do I begin to exercise my senses? So we talked about these two areas of praying in the spirit, this area of fasted prayer. This is how I began to exercise my senses for proper discernment. Number three, we said, was meditative worship. Meditative worship. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Notice what it says here. The scripture says here, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, for a lot of folks, Christians, we let the word of Christ dwell in us limitedly. Just a little bit. Little sprinkle of dew. He says, no, no, no. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The word of God is the wisdom of God. He says, let it dwell in you. What does it mean to dwell? That means have a residence in you. In all wisdom. He says, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Meditative worship. Meditative worship. The word meditative literally means absorbed in meditation. It means considered thought. It means giving your attention to one thing. You know within your life there's a lot of things grabbing for your attention. A lot of stuff grabbing for your attention. It becomes hard at times to get that time with God. Meditative worship is where you purposely stop everything. And just focus on God. I've been listening to a minister talk about the presence of God from other years gone by. And one of the, the consistent things that he was saying within his teaching was that essentially that one of the things that we've lost is the art of silence. Sitting in God's presence. You know how many times in, in the book of Psalms it says, Selah, stop and meditate. There's something that happens when you deeply consider something. When you take that scripture and you just let that thing just dwell on the inside of you. Meditative worship. Where I take the time and say I'm going to pause everything else and just concentrate on the things of God. Well as soon as you say I'm going to do that, the devil says what are we doing? Oh, let me, this here, that there, make sure this happens so this never happens because he understands because he ran the, 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 the praise and worship back in heaven. So he understands what happens when people stop and worship God. Stop and meditate on the things of God. And so what he'll do is he'll make sure other distractions show up so you don't do that. You thought you are going to have a good day at work. Next thing you know, boom, boom, all this stuff happens. Because he wants to distract you to get you out of, out of the presence of God. Spending that time in quietness and meditating on the things of God through meditative worship builds you up to be spiritually sensitive. Look at that same scripture. 
out of the Amplified Version of the Bible. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but notice it says here, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, penetrating every aspect of your being. You say, well, Reverend, I ain't got all day to do that. Well, neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. I have to make time for this to happen. I have to set aside time for this to happen. Sometimes in my house, that means setting aside real late at night. Sometimes it means setting aside real early in the morning. You know what your schedule is, but see, this is the thing again. To have a heart of discernment means I've got to get to the position where I determine this is valuable. This is something I got to do. For my own sanity, I got to spend time meditating on the word of God so he can keep me right when my tongue feels differently. I got to spend time with God meditating on his word so that when I'm in a crunch, the word comes out in our canality. What happens or what happens or what's produced rather with this area of meditative worship, it produces spiritual detection. Meditative worship produces spiritual detection. The word detection means identifying the presence of something concealed. I can see it. When I let the word of God dwell in me richly, the words of Christ dwell in me richly, I now begin to boost this area where I can see stuff everybody else can't see. It is this area of revelation knowledge. When God will show you something. You thought you always knew how this worked. And God said, mm, let me show you something else. Because as the word of God dwells in you richly, he says, see, this scripture connects to that scripture. Now you get a full picture. But a lot of Christians don't get to that area because we don't practice this principle of meditative worship. You don't know enough scripture for God to connect nothing. Because every time we open the Bible, you say, I didn't know that was in there. God said, we got a problem. At some point in time, you should have some depth of knowledge. Psalms 119, verses number 15. Watch this. Psalms 119, verse 15. The scripture says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Notice he says, I will meditate on your precepts. But not only will I meditate, God, I'm going to have respect for your ways. How many of us say we respect God, but we really don't? God, you actually know what you're doing. You were here before me. You'll be here after me. He says, and I have respect unto thy ways. Verse 16 says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. How do I get to this position where I begin to exercise in this area so I have proper discernment? I'm not going to forget the word of God. I'm going to choose to meditate on it. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, if you just simply meditate on it, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Meditative worship is what causes you to have this area of spiritual detection. I don't fly off at the hand. I've learned how to cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I know his affections for me. Come on now, let's keep going now. Let's keep going. Number four. Number four, how do I exercise my senses? Number four, through this area of simple obedience. Simple obedience. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Jesus says over in John chapter number 14, he says, he that noticed the word has my commands. That's it? No. 
has my commands and keepeth them. It's one thing to have the word of God, but do you do the word that you know? When God speaks a word to you, can he trust you? Can he trust you with what you know? Can he trust you with the revelation that you walk in? He says, if you have my commands and keep with them, he says, he is the one that loveth me. So my love is not authenticated through me just simply having the word. It's by keeping the word. Oh, but Reverend, we live in the grace of God. Grace don't give you a license to live unholy. He says, if you have my commands and you keep them, he's the one that loves me. And he says, all right, it's not the end of the thought. He says, and he that loveth me, who is the one that loves me, has my word, keeps my word. He says, the one that loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. How do I begin to exercise my senses so they can properly discern between good and evil? It's because I keep the word that I know. I have a hunger to know more words so I can keep more of God's law within my heart and do what he tells me to do. He says, that person that genuinely loves me, I'll show myself to him. The word manifest literally means appear. It means to declare. It means disclose. He says, if you have my word and you keep my word, I'll disclose myself to you. Look at the same scripture in the Amplified. I see we might not quit today. John chapter 14 says this, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. But notice this last portion. He says, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Some of the reasons why some people never move into the fullness of what God has for them is because you don't keep the commands. You don't, you don't do nothing God tell you to do. He said, go this way. You go the next way. He said, do this. You do that. And God says, that's the reason why, because you're showing that you don't love me. You don't disclose stuff, personal stuff, to people you don't trust. <laughs> At least you shouldn't. Within your own life. I don't open up with, with strangers. <laughs> hey, buddy, this is what's really going on there on the inside of my heart. No, no, no. I open up with people that have a track record. Yeah. That can trust. Yeah. That I can trust with my heart. Yeah. That I can cry for. Folks, hey, this, we have relationship. God says, if you want to get to this position where your senses are exercised, he says, we got to have relationship. Do what I told you to do last. Be faithful with that. And he says, as that happens, I will become more real to you. I will disclose myself to you. You'll see me in a crowd. You'll hear my voice in a crowd. When nobody else hears it. Because of the relationship that we have. What am I defining? It is, dare I say, when I do this, I am cultivating this area of spiritual conviction. Spiritual conviction. Oh, I know my God will. Remember the old hymn said, yes, God is real. He's real to me. The old saints knew this because they had nobody but Jesus. Maybe they're working in the field and they and, and because this is Black History Month and, and they see there's something about the slaves that learned about God because they had nowhere else to turn to. Life was not 
a picture of perfection. They had nothing except Almighty God and they would go to God and God may, may tell them, do this, do that. Go this way, go that way. And little by little, little, by little God would disclose himself. He would show himself in the midst of their oppression. He would show himself strong in their lives. Am I doing what I know to do? This is how I begin to exercise so that I can have spiritual discernment. So I can begin to perceive the environment. Maybe that's the reason why you can't perceive the next step in your life because you ain't done the last thing God told you to do. Why would he tell you something else? Still ain't done it. Five years later. God said, and notice this, I'm using this on purpose. Simple obedience. Away from this thing. God told me to do this massive thing. Well, he told you to do the simple thing first. <laughs> the simple thing. You remember in the story, and we're going to read that too. <clears throat> where he tells, I think, what Naaman, he says, uh, Elisha said, go dip yourself in the Jordan. And he said, hey, man, look, I ain't going out there in that Jordan. It's dirty out there. What are you talking about? And his servant has to tell him, he said, hey, if you actually do something difficult, you'd have done that. But he told you to do something simple. The simple obedience is what unlocked the miracle within his life. I'm telling you where we're going next in the, in the next series. I'm excited about it. it. This area of simple obedience is going to be connected to it. God said, you want to break through? He says, I'm going to look at your track record of simple obedience. When he tells you to do this and you feel, well, that, that, that's going to make me uncomfortable, God. God said, yeah, I'm watching to see, did you do it? That's going to move me out of my comfort zone. God says, I'm watching to see whether or not you're going to do it. Because when I decide to do what God tells me to do, that means I put him first above even my emotions, my feelings about it, or my thoughts about it. He said, go here now. I don't feel like it, but I'm going anyway. Simple obedience. He says, that person, I begin to make myself more and more real to them. And we'll pick up here next week <laughs> let's pray Father God in the authority of the name of Jesus Lord we bless you and we praise you for this opportunity to grow as you disclose these things to us Lord we want to get in the spiritual gym dear God we even want to get in the physical gym we want to get in the spiritual gym and just begin to work out in these areas so that our spiritual perceptiveness begins to grow and expand. God, you have us here for a reason. Everyone under the sound of my voice could have been born at different times, different stages, different centuries, but you chose this time, this season of life. This season in, in your greater creation for us to exist in. And God, you have a purpose attached to every person under the sound of my voice. God, may we have greater discernment. Of the times, of the people, of our placement. Greater discernment of our purpose. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to need my class to speed up just a little bit. Oh, Jesus.
Oh, we're shooting at five. We got the four. <laughs> Glory to God anyway. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's giving time. Hallelujah. It's giving time. All right. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Verse 10 says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, and, he says, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, he says, verse 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God's word never returns to him void. The issue is not with God's word. The issue is whether or not you believe it. So when God tells you, I want you to sow, you got to trust that his word will not return to him void. To him void. He will produce a harvest according to the seeds that you sow. Just like the water comes down and it produces uh, something. He says, when you sow seeds into the ground, they produce a harvest within your life. But you got to take God at his word. He says, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish the thing that which I please. Three ways you can sow into the training center. First way is by way of our cash app, which is dollar sign one TTC. Second way is by way of our online giving, which is the training center church.org. And also you can sow by way of our mailing address, the training center from the church, located at 1314 West 2nd Avenue, Gastonia, North Carolina, zip code 28052. If you're making a check, a money order out, please make it to the training center, the training center. Amen. Praise God. And of course, you can sow live and in the house. We thank God for all of those that are sowing and have been sowing into this ministry. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. As pastor of this church, I know uh, what it's like to look at the budget. And some days you're like, Lord, have mercy. And then God still makes a way. I can tell you by testimony. I, I look down the line, maybe in August, and I said, Lord, if we can get past November, praise God. And here we are in February. God is good. God can still make a way out of no way. So we thank God for your gifts of love and being obedient to the Spirit of God. Thank God for my members that sow their tithes and their offerings. Thank God for the fact that the training center have partners, praise God that are members of other churches. They partner with this ministry to make sure it continues to move forward into what God has called it to do. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your gifts of love, for your obedience to the Spirit of God to sow into this ministry. Amen. Congregation, let us set ourselves in agreement with those that have sown then those that are sowing. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow into the anointing. We thank you that you are the one that gives seed to the sower. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that gave us the power to get the wealth. So as we take our money and we sow them as you direct, God, we thank you that you are the one that is responsible now for opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out a blessing in which there's not room enough to receive. We thank you, Lord, because we are tithers and we're givers, that you have and are rebuking the devourer for our sake.
We thank you because we have a heart motivation that is cheerful in our giving and not giving out of a grudging giving or giving out of necessity. We thank you, Lord, that you're able to make all grace abound towards us. So we speak to our seed and say, seed, go and grow and produce a harvest in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you watch over your word to perform it. So we believe that we receive it by faith now in Jesus' name. Everyone in agreement did say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to admonish you once more, amen, that on this Saturday, praise God, we have our singles and our married, our married and our singles seminar of 2024. Amen. February the 10th, beginning promptly for the marriage workshop at 10 a.m. And for our singles workshop beginning at 11 o'clock a.m. Both here at the Training Center Family Church. We invite you to come and be a part of this. If you're not able to physically be here, now we'd love to see you. Please understand that. But we also we're planning on having this to stream as well. And uh, if you are watching it via stream, we also will ask that you would just you know say hello to us so that we know that you're there in the course of that stream. And uh, it might be a situation I know uh, that we might have some question to answer. We'll see, given the time restraints that we have. But if we're able to do that, then you can participate in regards to that on our streaming as well. We are intending on streaming on Facebook and uh, YouTube for this event. That is the intent, and we pray that we're able to have that to take place. Amen. Uh, but that will be on this coming Saturday with the marriage uh, seminar beginning promptly at 10 o'clock. Notice what I said, promptly at 10 o'clock. Amen. We do things in excellence here. We don't mean 10.05, 10.15. It will promptly begin at 10 o'clock. So if you come at 10.20, you have missed 20 minutes. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it will probably begin at 10 o'clock and the uh, singles uh, seminar will begin at 11 a.m. And the only reason why that starts late is the pastor don't, don't sit down. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> y'all pray for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are looking to start on time. Amen. And to end on time. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we invite you to become, come and be a part of, of those sessions. Amen. I be, believe there will be a blessing to you. There will be a blessing to your marriage. And there will be a blessing to you in your walk in this area of singleness. Amen. Uh, may the grace of God be with you this week. May you be in the right place at the right time. May you have proper discernment in the places God sets your feet. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We will see you. There is not going to be any midweek uh, Bible study on this week. So we will see you. Friday. Hopefully on Friday for the ones that are coming on in here to work. Praise God to set up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. At 6 o'clock. Otherwise we will see you at the seminar and on Sunday morning. God bless you. I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Training Center Church located here in Gastonia, North Carolina at 1314 West 2nd Avenue, Suite B. If you're joining us and this is your first time, we'd like to take this time to say thank you. If you're new to our area or if you're looking for a church home, we currently have our services 
on Thursday evening at 6.45 and 7 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. We'd like to invite you and your family and even a friend to join us live here in person where we have worship every Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Give thanks and be blessed. I'm Lady Aisha W. Smith. On behalf of our pastor, Pastor A.C. Smith, we love you and thank you so very much.